and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Okay, so we've got right. the beers, got the popcorn. All right, this is the one I think that actually has the full thing without any audience reaction because Tommy Wiseau has taken it down. But I think this is it. Okay, get ready for it. And so it begins as a Wiseau film production. Mm. And do you know what? I just know I'm going to love this movie. Mm. It's just Have you already just got it eclipsed? You are Look at the the font is like the most basic font <laughs> on the titles. If you're laughing on the font, mate, like if the font's making you laugh, fuck it hell, what are you gonna think about everything else? One man's trash is another man's treasure. Starring Johan Chappelle as the inflictor of pain. And Edward Harvey as the victim. From Studio Enigmatic comes... The Trash Tapes. everyone and welcome to another episode of the trash tapes where one man's trash is another man's treasure and it is now officially one year since we started this and so we're going to be starting with a bang and that's how we're doing it my name is johan chapal as you probably know i am the inflictor of pain and i am here with my victim and my comrade in arms in this case um edward harvey how are you doing i'm very well thank you Hi. Hi. Or oh, hi there, Ed. Yeah. Ah, yes. It's, um, it's been going, it's, this is, it's, it's actually I'm quite excited because it's now a year. Mm. We've been doing this for a whole year and with, and we haven't gotten bored of it and we haven't like gave up on it. We've given, we've really gone full haul. 
Yeah, there's so many to choose from movies, so it's like it'll just never end. <laughs> this is the thing. This this can go on forever. Mm. Like it, whether whether the public likes it or not, <laughs> we're gonna keep doing this until we've found until we've either died or we've basically just got fed up of just seeing rubbish. Yeah. That um. What? But what better way to kick off the um the one year anniversary than to like well like we teased in the last episode. Go and tackle a big one. One that people have told me and several times, like, when are you going to do this one? When are you going to do this one? It had to be an important date to do it. It had yeah. to be important. And it needed to have, be in a moment where you didn't have the hype for it. Mm. This, perfect. We are doing Tommy Wiseau's The Room. <laughs> a perfect world. These are for you. Thanks, honey. They're beautiful. A perfect life. I would do anything for my girl. I love you, Lisa. I love you, Johnny. Surprise! He provides for you. Darling, you can't support yourself. I don't love him anymore. He didn't get his promotion. And he got drunk last night. And he hit me. It's not true. I did not hit her. Well, maybe you should have a girl, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I have one already. I don't know yet. We can't do this anymore. Johnny's my best friend. This will be our secret. Don't worry. You can trust me. We're expecting! <laughs> I'm your future husband. You sure about that? Please talk to me, please! You're having an affair with Lisa, aren't you? I need more from life than what Johnny can give me. She's a sociopath. She can't love anyone. There is no baby. I told him that to make it interesting. But you're such a manipulative witch. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting our friendship. I treat you like a princess. And you stab me in the back. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Hey, Danny. Where's my money, Danny? Put the gun down. What the hell is wrong with you? Shut up! Oh. Hey! Oh. Fit off of this world! The Room, a film with the passion of Tennessee Williams, directed by Tommy Wiseau. The best movie of the year. Experience this quirky new black comedy. It's a riot. The Room. My God. Okay, so, thing with The Room is, everyone knows what The Room is by this point. Yeah. Like, this is not, like, one that no one's ever really heard. People know what The Room is. People know who Tommy Wiseau is now. Yeah, I mean, they've probably either seen a gif or they've seen sort of a clip or whatever, and it's just, mm. it's just, it's very, uh, it's, it's all over the internet, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. It's all over the place. He has now become this sort of cult personality, mm. who knows, who, who appears on, like, TV shows, and he's made, they even made a movie based on this, The Disaster Artist. Yeah. Which, what other bad movies make a Hollywood-style movie out of your bad movie. Mm. It, this is now into the pop culture consciousness. People know who up the room is, but yeah. I don't know whether how many people have actually sat down and seen it. Have you seen The Disaster? Artist? I have not seen The Disaster Artist. I'm wondering whether Tommy Wiseau's in that as a cameo. I would not? not be. I would not be surprised. <laughs> yeah. And I, I bet you, he when he's there, he starts directing everyone. Yeah, and go like say, no, um, no, see, uh, I no, this is how I would do it. Yeah, uh, Franco, Franco, this is how I would be me. Oh, it's just terrible. Um, it, it's it's really kind of hard to sort of break down what this movie is, other than just being this pop culture icon. Mm. It is so synonymous but it's got such an interesting like length and backstory and it all starts with who the fuck is Tommy Wiseau mm. 
who do you think Tommy Wiseau is? Because um, in terms of like a being, it's really, there's not a lot to know about him. Yeah. No, it, it, it doesn't, there's no, like, there's not hardly any backstory with any of the characters, even the main character. You just yeah. kind of know, you, you kind of know his job. Like yeah. A, he like works in like finance or something, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Johnny's like in a like Johnny's like oh he's he works in banking. That's it. Yeah. Uh, we don't know who he is in the movie, and this is the weird thing. I think this is this is why I feel like the movie must be to some point a little bit not autobiographical but somewhat reflective yeah. on him because. In real life, no one really knows who Tommy Wiseau is. He he speaks in a foreign accent, which is so unnatural. Mm. Like, we don't know where he's from. Yeah, he's like a weird... It's like someone doing an impression of someone with a foreign accent. Like, they, they, it's generic, isn't it? Like... It's, yeah, it's generic, but it's like, are you from Eastern European? Are you... Whatever it is, the like history of Tommy Wiseau is a bit interesting. Um, because the times when he's like Arnold, isn't it? Like... He sounds he sounds a little bit like Arnold. And then there's moments he sounds like William Shatner. Yeah. And then there's moments he sounds like... It sounds like someone who was drunk. Mm. And then there's someone who sounds like he's never spoken English in his life. Mm. Like, he, like, oh, speaking is foreign to him. Yeah. And so this is what happened. This is one I think the main center of the comedy. It's Tommy. It's him. He is the center of all the comedy because he is so baffling. Yeah. As a person. And I think the magic really comes from the fact that he directed it and wrote it and produced it and all this stuff because <laughs> as we were saying in the commentary, uh he he just like it sounds like the other characters it's like him talking like through them. Yes. <laughs> it's like do you know do you know when you watch like a Quentin Tarantino movie? You can kind of tell like yeah that's Quentin Tarantino talking, yeah? yeah. But with him since Tommy Wiseau doesn't I don't know if English is his first language or whatever it is because he's again he's a mystery. He's a he's a, he's he's a shitty enigma wrapped in a question mark or whatever it is. Yeah. Like everyone talks like it and it's really really fucking bad mm. and I can't again I can't fathom it god he's so sleazy isn't he oh. tell me when you look at that guy he's not a human being isn't he he looks like some kind of space Neanderthal but it looks like he might have been created in a factory wow, but it's kind of gone so... wrong <laughs> that's the first sexy red dress isn't it fabulous I would do anything for my girl Oh, really? Oh, hey, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> the delivery of his dialogue is so hilarious. It's I great. Love it. Hi, Mom. How are you? Hi, Mom. I'm fine. How are you? Hmm? Hmm? Okay. Let's go to the couch. I mean, the thing is, most of the other actors aren't brilliant, but he is just the another, worst. He's another world. What's happening with it's you? Like, it's like a weird, like, mm-hmm. it's like it's Michael Jackson, a space alien, tried to teach this, had a baby, and just tried to teach it acting. I'm not feeling good today. Why Johnny is your financial security. You can't afford to ignore this. Yeah, okay, Mom. Can I just talk to you later? You don't want to... What's great is... Because it's written by him. Yeah. Everyone sort of, like, talks as if he, he, uh, how he talks. Okay. You, know, you know when you see him talk? Like, yeah. He's kind of like... Everyone's 
Because the dialogue's written by him. Yeah. You can imagine him, like, saying all those things that they're saying. Like, oh, Do you know what's terrifying? Imagine if Tommy Wiseau did this as a one-man show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, has he got any other, like, film credits other than The Room? Oh, 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 I've, ever since The Room, he's gotten plenty of credits. Because yeah. he now does cameos and appears in other movies, and other rubbish movies especially, because he knows what it is. Like, for example, he is in, he's in Samurai Cop 2. Awesome. All right? He's got another movie with the guy who played um, Mark. Yeah. A, a, a double feature movie called Best Friends, with an R in brackets, so it sounds like Best Fiends, Best Friends, da-da-da-da. It's awful. Um, <laughs> you know, and loads of cameos and things like that ever since. What about before, though? Oof, question. Let me have a look. Um, looking into it at all, no. The Room was his first thing. It's so weird because it, it almost seems like he, he would have had some kind of uh, established been established in some way in mm. order to get the room made, like yeah. you know, in terms of contacts and whatnot, and like. And this is where the mystery falls in. Yeah, yeah. So Tommy Wiseau, it claims that Tommy Wiseau may actually be Polish, but he was born and raised apparently in New Orleans, according to half of Wikipedia. It could be all lies. Mm. Um, but then he moved to California and trying to be an actor. But he's apparently from a rich family who disowned him, which, again, I don't know if this is true. This could all be fabrication. <laughs> and then the movie was done with... OK, guess, guess the budget for this. Uh, I don't know, like... Uh, 300,000 or something. You really think that? You need to pay everyone and stuff. Six million. Six million. This movie... And there's me thinking that was a lot. Six million dollars. The room is a... Shall we call it some kind of drama? It is a drama. It's meant to be. It's meant to be a drama. It's meant to be a romance drama, isn't it? Yeah, like a romantic... Like, yeah. like I feel like it's trying really hard to be like this erotic thriller drama thing. Mm. But it's really just doesn't know what it is, right? And this was a movie in 2003, right? So this is actually still living the test of time. It's 2003, okay? Um, produced, written, directed... Uh, starring Tommy Wiseau, the weird space alien from Poland, or whatever it is, right? Now, the movie itself had a lot of interesting problems, but the way it was started was Tommy Wiseau was trying to make it into the industry in Hollywood. Mm. But Tommy Wiseau has, well, let's not lie, a very unique look. Yeah. He looks... (laughs) Odd. He looks odd. He looks like he's. He looks like he looks like plastic surgery gone wrong. Yeah, he looks like a waxwork, like a, a moving around living waxwork. <laughs> he looks hideous. He basically he wanted. He believed he was a leading man. Mm. He believed that he could be. He was an attractive leading man, but everyone was rejecting him because. But because people were saying to him like, "Oh, you could do like." like uh, bad guy roles or you could do uh, like weird roles or stuff like that. I mean, thing is, picture Tom Wiseau got picked up by someone who's very much into the weird. Yeah. Like imagine Tommy Wiseau got picked up by like David Lynch. 
It'd be, it'd be genius. Like, it, it's fun. It, he would put him in such a weird, kind of creepy role, wouldn't it? Mm. And it would be, it would probably be great casting. <laughs> I'd be like, this is perfect. Where did you find this oddball, right? Um, you know, and so he got fed up of it. Mm. So he decided to literally write his own script to prove to everyone that he was a leading man. Right. Okay. <laughs> Which, you know... More power to you. I mean, sometimes if you want to, if you need to get what you want, you have to go and get it yourself. So I get his gusto. Mm, definitely. But, but he's never made a movie before. He's never done anything like this before. And so this is why, and so this is why everything just sort of spirals out of control, right? It goes to a realm of just ridiculousness. So he hires all these people. And some of these people are supposedly friends of Tommy. And some of these are people he found for casting roles, etc. And it was a mess from the beginning, yeah. right? So, so yeah. I'm guessing he mostly paid for it himself. Yes, yeah. And the way the movie was financed, again, was apparently very, very complicated because people really, really didn't know how he got it from. Mm. All right. So one of them was apparently he got the six million by selling off high value leather leather items. <laughs> okay. That's what one person claimed to be. That's what Tommy claimed to be at one point. But on that's set, that's really dodgy. Like they're off the back of a lorry or something. Yeah, that would have looked like. That would have sounded like. But then another one. Then another time on set, apparently had something to do with his entrepreneurial skills, mm. his networking skills, and retail. So. So it makes me kind of think, like, to a point, there must be some kind of shady... Definitely, like, I don't think monsters. anyone would willingly give him money. Yes, for someone who's never made a movie in his life, yeah. who looks like that and sounds like that, for a movie about himself. Yeah, because everyone would think, hey, he's not going to make a film, he's just going to run off with that money, you know. Yeah, it sounds like that. But then as the movie went on, the movie got more ridiculous the things were removed or deleted things were not planned out and by the end of the movie the morale was so low mm. that no one fucking cared anymore yeah so things got things were left unlike were left unsupervised at points and tommy got really became a bit of a tyrant on set um <laughs> demanding that this is his vision and he needs to follow it like 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 he's kubrick or something <laughs> God. <laughs> so, okay, the movie took six months, over six months to film. Yeah. Which is weird because you've seen the movie. There's not much there, right? Mm. Took six months to film. In that time, okay, two cinematographers, along with their crews, were resigned offset. Yeah. So, they had their, so this movie had three cinematographers and all their crew and all their backup crew and three actors left. <laughs> I'm assuming they just couldn't cope with him. Yeah, right, yeah. Being either recast or completely replaced by different actors, which explains the random friends thing. Yeah, yeah. This explains why random people show up for no reason because they've got just they were supposed to be for another an actual recurring character. Yeah, that just fucking left. Instead, you just get oh hi Pete. Who the fuck's Pete? Who the fuck is Pete? <laughs> Who the fuck is Matt? Who the fuck is blowjob guy? Who are these people? I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> hi. I have a car named Lisa. She said that I hit her. What? Well, did you? I did not it's hit not her. her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Like, that is a switcheroo. Thinking, you know? 
Um, loads of things plagued this uh, movie. Um, like, Tommy Wiseau, for example, even though he wrote the script, is rubbish at memorising lines. Yeah. Which is why half the movie is dubbed and slightly out of sync. And also why, on set, cue cards were used. <laughs> God. <laughs> Awful. So here's the bit. Do you know the whole bit, the famous line, is like, say, I did not hit her. I, it's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. That bit. You know how many times they did it? Uh, 13. 32 takes. 32. Oh, my God. 32 takes to get that short R sequence, which is still the most appalling thing ever. Yeah. He just goes in, I did not hit her, I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. What? So that is the best one out of all 32 the takes. That was the best one. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous, right? Other things that raised the budget was his sort of weird demands for certain things to be happening to make it like a movie. Right. So, for example, right, uh, he wanted to build sets more than go location scouting because he believed that's what Hollywood movies did. Yeah. Which is kind of the reason why when we go into Tommy's house, it doesn't actually make geographical sense. <laughs> Yeah, it's really odd. It's really odd. Like, yeah. things don't seem to match. Like, where the fuck is the kitchen? Why is a spiral staircase going to the bedroom? Where does a door go? Nothing makes sense. Including the fact that he also purposely built a rooftop terrace with green screen. Yeah, that looks awful. Oh, it looks so shit. You can see the outline of the green. Yeah, and it's just the background is really, really... I mean, if you're going to put a background on yourself, like yeah. green screen, at least make it a nice blue sky and you can see the skyline. It looks really overcast and really sort of washed out. Yeah. It's horrible. It, look, it looks like San Francisco's constantly foggy. Yeah. It looked really bad. But here's a funny thing, right? Mm. Halfway through the shoot, there was actually a rooftop terrace actually available. Yeah. But Tommy refused because he believed that green screen was the way Hollywood people did it. Right. Tommy doesn't get confused about how formats work, you know, how things were filmed. Yeah. So the movie was shot simultaneously with 35mm film and high-definition video, right? He, he was so confused at how it worked, he decided to use both cameras on the same mount at the same time. And he bought both of those cameras rather than renting it. So this is why the film's quality jumps back and forth. It's cutting between 35mm film right. and high-definition video. Oh, God's sake. That's so frustrating. It's like you feel, if you're filming on 35mm, that's awesome. Use your 35mm. Yes! <laughs> Use your 35mm movie. Use all of that footage. It would, it would, the whole thing would look better if it was consistent. Yeah. But it didn't. And it cuts between that and high-definition video, mm. which means that, that you can clearly see moments where, actually, it looks all right. And it's then like moment, HD tape kind of that era, yes, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Which is like, oh, good God. Mm. Like, that was just the worst. Most of the crew were convinced the movie would never be seen by anyone. They thought that Tommy was sort of like this crazy rich person who just wanted to make a movie for himself. He never thought it would actually be distributed. Mm. This is why they kind of got a little lax. It's just, it's amazing, really, the fact... I mean, I, 
how how would it, first how would it get made and then mm. and then it's so bizarre how it would get distributed as well i don't understand how it must be just to do with money like if you you can do anything if you've got money yes and this is the thing we don't know where that money came from either yeah so that makes it even dodgier it's basically like if you and i were hired to make a movie for some guy and so and, and he tells you like i want this great epic movie here's 10 million dollars why do, i don't know why it sounds like donald trump but it's like here's 10 million dollars i want you to make this movie it's about flying robots. It's going to be great, right? But then you say, like, where did you... So where's the money coming from? I don't got, worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. We got connections. It's all good. I would feel instantly suspicious. Yeah. I would, don't know if I want to work on it in the likelihood of some kind of money laundering scheme or some tax fraud or something. Many of the crew were constantly laughing, like, to the point that one of the cinematographers, while they was filming it, you notice how sometimes the camera shakes or moves yeah. randomly? It's because at some of the point, he's laughing so hard, the camera kept shaking. <laughs> so this is the thing. Looking at the thing, I'm looking at the thing again, right? So the original director of photography, uh, his name was Raphael Samja, right? Right. I don't know who he was, right? Had to, had to build a private giggle tent... Giggle tent <laughs> off site so he could laugh at the ridiculousness of watching the rushes. Oh my god, he's like, let it all out. Yeah, so I have tent. to let it all out now. I've got to let it all out now before it gets fucking like the worst, right? Mm. So basically, this movie everyone knew other than Tommy that this was going to be a complete disaster, right? The, the, he tried okay, another one, uh, like some of the bits were like trying to get the movie across, like. He tried to send the distribution to uh, to Paramount, right? Yeah. Now, for most distribution things, apparently it takes two to three weeks to know if your movie is going to be picked up and distributed, right? If you mm. purpose, if you go there on your own, the movie got rejected in twenty four hours, right? Of course, of course. you looked yeah. at it going like fast as ever been, mm. twenty four hours, flat out no. So this is what Tommy Wiseau did in order to promote his movie. He bought a billboard. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me just find it because this this is this is iconic. This billboard thing, right? He he's, he's bought this property on this billboard with a telephone number and everything else for Tommy Wiseau to sort of help spread the word to pick up this movie to be put in cinemas. <laughs> is it just his face? Massive. Yes, it's his face. It's his like drunken face going the room, the, <laughs> the tent. I'm not joking. And it, it does a fake review on it that says it's like. The modern-day Tennessee Williams <laughs> on it, okay? Jesus. He bought a billboard for the film that was erected in Los Angeles, right? And he kept trying to promote this film. You know how long that billboard was up for? don't know. Five years. Five years! <laughs> he bought the ad space for five years on a billboard in L.A. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say, like, uh, five months or something. Six five months. years. <laughs> So Tommy has been trying to push this movie for five years. Right. When it got shown, like for test screenings, people started to laugh. And Tommy didn't like that because he generally thought he was he made a good dramatic movie. Yeah. Right? It was only after midnight screenings started to occur, which I've been to one. Mm. I've been to a midnight screening of the room. I bet it's great, the atmosphere and stuff. It's it? amazing, yeah. right? So people come in, dressed in tuxedos, throwing American footballs around, having plastic spoons throwing at the screen, <laughs> and shouting, like, random phrases like, Bitch! 
and just like whenever walks in, it's like cheep, 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 cheep. yeah, all the stuff, and that was amazing. After like four or five drinks, just shouting at the screen and just enjoying yourself like a Rocky Horror Picture Show thing, right? Yeah, that is great. He's finally embraced the fact that it's a good, it's a funny movie, but he all but he's retracted it by basically saying that it was always meant to be a so bad as good dark comedy. <laughs> the fact that he says it's a dark, like a black comedy or a dark comedy, yeah, is is like that. That is just. It just explains the fact that he doesn't understand the comedy. He doesn't yes. understand the, like the so bad it's good thing. He thinks, oh no, well it is a dramatic movie, but I did intend it to be funny as well. I've always meant yeah. it to be funny. <laughs> I always hate that because we've done this several times on the trash tapes when directors mm. say, oh, it was always meant to be this, when yeah. clearly it wasn't. Shall we talk about the plot? <laughs> Can do. But, yeah, there's lots of there's. there's I don't know, it's weird because I just remember like sort of little bits from it. Like I think basically with this is the plot itself is very. It's the plot is also it's very simple but also very convoluted because mm. of all this random shit that happens. Yeah. So let's start off with Tommy. He plays Johnny. Wow, what a jump. Um, Tommy plays Johnny, who seems to be like this finance uh, person, right? Who the man of mystery? He's a man of mystery who seems to work in finance, right? <laughs> who wants to get a promotion at the bank or something. We don't know. We don't know what his role is, right? He is engaged to a woman called Lisa, who's play, uh, who apparently works in IT technology, but we've never seen her work because she's always in the house. No, that, and that's what makes her more frustratingly like, hate even more because she doesn't do anything other than destroy people's lives. Yes, she is the worst character in this movie. And I'm not meaning, like, by worst acted or whatever, although she's pretty bad. This is, she, as a character, is the worst. Mm. So these two are engaged, right? Uh, they're engaged to be married. Um, to be, because you, you are my future wife or my future husband, yeah? Now, interesting fact. Do you know there's a particular reason why Tommy Wiseau uh, says future wife and future husband? No. Okay, now here's the thing. Okay, this is hilarious. Tommy hates the French language. Right. So what is the word for future wife and future husband? It's fiancé. Right, okay. Which is French. Yeah. So he nev- So he basically purposely never said the word fiancé because he hates the French language. Oh. God's sake. Oh, yeah, it's so frustrating. It's just so frustrating. <laughs> but you think about it going, that's also, like, ingenious. Yeah. It's like, you are a crazy man. So, basically, these fian- they're supposed to be fiancés, right? Mm. That kind of thing, right? Now, Lisa seems to have this sort of weird relationship with Tommy, which, like, he does... She clearly doesn't like him anymore, but still manipulates him for no other reason than to just fuck with him. Yeah, and right. it's and it flips all the time, doesn't it? It switches all the time. She's a proper flip-flopper. The very, very beginning of the movie is all the stock footage of San Francisco. Lots of stock footage. <laughs> There's one shot where you see Tommy on a tram just going past. <laughs> and he's funny. Even just him sitting on a tram is hilarious. And it's like, how does he do it? It's like, you'll see unintentionally. Yeah, but you know why? Do you know why? It's because he's on the tram and he stands out like a sore thumb. <laughs> he, he doesn't blend in because he comes in in a suit that looks a little big on him, right? Yeah. He's got this long Fabio-ish Michael Jackson black hair, mm. right? And his face is so pale and his eyes are ingrained and he looks 
What is that look? It's diff- really difficult to tell how old he is, isn't it? It's yeah, like, you can't tell the, how old he is. Because he's got the long black hair that kind of looks unnaturally black. Yeah. And the, in his face, you just can't distinguish it. He looks like he should be quite old, mm. but, uh, you know, you just don't know. Yeah. You don't know quite... And this is the thing, right? Okay, I've had a look. I finally found his age, mm. according to IMDb, so this is with a pinch of salt, right? He was born on October 3rd, 1955. Mm. So, in 2003, that would make him about 48. Mm. Ugh. He's 48, right? And Lisa must at least look like in a, a like, late 20s, early yeah, 30s. definitely. So, unless Tommy Genley's trying to pass himself off as, like, early 30s... But, oh, okay, right, so... He's got that much of an ego, probably. He yeah. probably thinks, like, I am still so young-looking, yeah? <laughs> well, I don't I can't do a Tom Wiseau accent because I can't figure out where he's from. I know he's Polish, but he doesn't sound Polish. No. He sounds something completely different. He sounds Swedish at points. Yeah, it's very, it's very muddled, isn't it? Very muddled. So, after all this stock footage, he walks in, and the first line he says, Oh, hi, babe. And by that point, we're like, way to go. We've, uh, we've, we've entered the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where he's got the, he's got the red dress for her and stuff, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. It's like, look at the sexy red dress I got you. Anything for my princess. Ah, ha, ha. And that's the thing. It's like, nothing really develops in the scene. I mean, I mean, if we broke it down, it's really simple. Like, husband, like, future husband goes and gives a fiancé a red dress and then they start getting romantic, right? And doesn't he say something like, it's yours, keep it? Isn't it like, well, of course! He's <laughs> like, no, I don't, I don't need it, it's all right, love. You can have it. You can have it, it's all good. Oh, look at you. It's from Johnny. Anything for my princess. Excuse <laughs> 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 me, don't ask a question like that. Nice to see you, Danny. It's an awful ADR. I don't think it's ADR. I think it's just him in general. He's just... That's how he speaks in real life. Like, who talks like this? Bye, Daddy. Okay. You might not understand what this whole Danny situation is. It was very difficult to explain. Ooh, they're getting kinky upset. Yeah, I mean, who is he? So, it's so hard to explain, and the movie does it, but does it at the same time. All right, so. Mm. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Pillow fight! Dude! What are you doing, boy? <laughs> okay, now. Okay, how old do you think he's supposed to be? Um. Well, how old do you think he actually is? He looks like 20 something. Do you have something else to do? It's, he looks like in his mid 20s. I just like to watch you guys. Ew! Danny. No, Danny! Danny, two's great, but three is a crowd. <laughs> Weird. You guys want to be alone? That's yes! Yeah! Duh! They went up to the bedroom! I have homework to do anyway. Homework? I love birds. Okay, right. Basically, so he's meant to be a kid. He's supposed to be like college age, mm. but it's he acts like he's ten, but he looks like he's in his mid twenties. Really weird. And he basically, he literally just wants to get involved. Why would they want to get involved in whatever this is? 
And then, out of the blue, we're introduced to Denny, who is... Um, we, we thought it was Danny, right? It's Denny. Denny, okay. Which I think is because the reason why we think it's Danny, because Tommy Wiseau says Danny, mm. whatever it is. So we kind of think, it's Danny. Yeah. No, it's Denny. What the fuck's yeah. a Denny? And Denny, he just, like, is a strange character. He's like... He's like it's scripted to be a teenager, like a young, like a kid. Yes. But he's like 25 or something. Then he comes in and we're not sure what he's supposed to do because mm. he he acts like he's 12. But he looks like he, he, he he's supposed to be in his early 20s. Yeah. Who's been adopted, adopted, I'm using air quotes, by, by Johnny and Lisa. Mm. Because... Like, he was rough living in the orphanage. Even paid for his whole apartment and everything. Like, wow, Johnny is fantastic to put this kid in. And it's just another excuse to polish the Tommy, the, 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 the Johnny ego. ego, like, isn't it? Like, yeah. No, he's so great. He just saved this kid. <laughs> he's the best person ever. Why are you doing this to poor old Johnny? So he walks in and and he, he just talks and say, and, he, and he's instantly a perv. Mm. He's instantly a pervert. Um, like, for example, when he walks in, he says, like, oh, Lisa, you look lovely today. You know, whatever it is. And then clearly, at some point, Tommy and, Le- you know, Johnny and Lisa go up the stairs to start having sex, right? And by this point, you think Denny would get the hint. Yeah. But he just follows them up. Yes! <laughs> and he says, the line is something like, I just like to watch you guys. Like, really? Who says? Really creepy. Now, this is the thing, right? In any kind of scenario that I can give you, it would be creepy. But there are some which I would argue would be less creepy than this. Mm. So, Denny at being an early 20-something who acts like a child, who says, I just like watching you guys, and being a sexy pervert, Yeah, that's weird as fuck, right? Mm. If he's supposed to be like a 12 or 13 year old, it is still creepy, but we could kind of go along with it being playful. Yeah, because I don't know, maybe if he if he doesn't quite understand the whole sex thing, then he could just think that they're, like, they're playing or whatever. Like, yeah, because yeah. there's kind of moments you think like, does he understand the sex thing? Yeah. But then you're thinking like, well, he's saying no, these no, things. He, he clearly does. He does, yeah. And it's weird because the character isn't supposed to be special needs either. He's not supposed to have learning difficulties or anything. No! He's meant to be a normal guy. But this... Oh, actually, wait a minute. According to this... Oh, God, okay, let's go back and find it. So, Denny, right, according to Tommy Wiseau, when he originally wrote it in the script, Denny was supposed to have some kind of uh, disability, a mental disorder. Right. Right? But that's not made clear. That's not made clear. On top of that... The actor had no idea what he was supposed to have mental difficulties because Tommy never put that across to him. <laughs> so, in other words... That, all, that, all, that, that it sounds like another one of those, like, afterthoughts. But the way it's performed here makes it seem like all he cares about is to bang Lisa. Yeah. Like, that's his only motivation. It's really creepy. And the thing is, Johnny isn't really that bothered about it. Yes! <laughs> it's like, it just plays it off like it's a joke. And there's another part on the roof, wasn't it? When Denny goes and meets uh, Tommy on the roof. Yeah. And she, he talks about, I-, I need to talk to you, Johnny. It's about Lisa. I think I love her. Every time I look at her, I just want to... Every time I look at her, I just want to grab her and kiss her right there and then. And you're thinking, creepy. 
This yeah. is my this is my future wife you're talking about. But he plays it off like it's fine. It's okay to be in love with her because she loves you as a friend. It's like it's really muddled message. And then he says something like, he says, what about this other woman? And he goes, Lisa, oh, yes. well, Elizabeth. I love her. <laughs> yeah, okay. Does he just, does he just love everyone? Yeah. <laughs> it's just so it makes no sense. I'll tell you about something. Shoot, Danny. Uh-oh. Scott Lisa. <gasps> Go on. She's beautiful. Yes. She looks great in a red dress. I think I'm in love with her. Oh, for fuck's sake, Daddy! Go on. I know she doesn't like me because sometimes she's mean to me, but sometimes... It's also because you're a fucking creep. I feel like I want to kiss her and tell her that I love her. I don't know. Yep. I'm just confused. Yeah, you are, buddy. Danny... Don't worry about that. Lisa loves you too, as a person, as a human being, as a friend. As a human being? You know, you don't have to say it. But you feel it. This is the best. What do you mean? You can love someone deep inside your heart, and there is nothing wrong with it. If a lot of people love each other, the world will be a better place to live. This is your future wife. Then don't worry about it. You are part of our family, and we love you very much. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying it's all right? And Lisa loves you, too. What? As a friend. You are sort of like her son. You mean you're not upset with me? I'm very confused. You and I trust Lisa. What about Elizabeth, huh? Well? Who's Elizabeth? (laughs) I love her. When I graduate from But you like Lisa. You just said you love Lisa. And now you're like... Oh, my fucking God. I just want to... He loves everyone. He's just a pervert, basically. A a fucking pervert. Awesome. Thanks, Johnny. Let's go eat, huh? Come on, let's go. Ah, let's go eat. It's the fucking best. <laughs> Just the way, the way he says things. It really tickles me. <laughs> I love it. It's like... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's the first. I never heard him like a car horn before. <laughs> I'd like it if that was him singing as well. Oh, that would be amazing. So. <laughs> Oh, you're my princess! <laughs> it is romantic. Isn't this? Like, he's holding his hair back. <laughs> oh, isn't this the most amazing cheesy 90s R&B you've ever heard in your life? It's awful. It's amazing. It's so shit. Okay, they're just playing around. You need some sexy candles. Do you know what he looks like? Right, Tommy Wiseau. He looks like Fabio if he was a wax figure and it was and it was a bit too close to the oven. 
<laughs> that one is like, oh, he, if he if he actually like worked out and had a better looking face, like it could be Fabio, but no, he looks like that because he looks like a wax model gone wrong. And it's, it's fucking horrible. Oh, oh, it's so weird. Like, oh, that is getting like the the sex scene here is really fucking awkward. First shot of boobs for the evening. Oh, we'll play with roses. Just get to the sex. <laughs> I actually just want them to have sex now and get it done with. This foreplay is shit. It's just like, like all the slow motion just making it so long. Oh, here we go. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, there it goes. Ooh, Tommy Wiseau buttocks. That's not where it is. That's not where it is. <laughs> <laughs> it, what is it like sticking it in a belly button? Or <laughs> well, that that would be a weird kink. It's like you know what? I like I like all your holes, but let me start with your belly button first. Oh. Oh my. This, this is so awkward. It is. All right. Okay. Ew. <laughs> We've just heard his cum noise. I think we're done. Okay, so we're now... Uh, now that weird situation occurs, right? Mm. We're introduced to the first of four really awkward sex scenes. Yeah. Where we have... Let's describe the first sex scene. So you got the, the roses. The candles. And, and you got the uh, cheesy music. Yeah. Uh, but they're all like, well, they've all got the cheesy music. But, and you mm. see just really inappropriate, like, shots of Tommy's butt and stuff. Uh, okay, here's the thing. Another piece of fact is Tommy insisted, insisted, his bare butt needs to be shown on, on camera. But a simple fact, he says, my butt needs to be there. This is, this is what will sell the movie, otherwise it won't. <laughs> So in other words, he, such an ego. He generally thought that his butt was gonna make money, right? <laughs> Does Tommy know know how to have good sex? I just don't think he knows how to function like a human being at all in any situation. Because none of it was it was weird. Like a lot of it was foreplay. Yeah. Like was just like let's put some roses. Ah, let's do some kissing on the cheek. Let me rub a little. Yeah, and then finally they go for the grinding. They go for the proper like bonking, and she's just lying there dead to the world. <laughs> and he, what looks like is just grinding her belly button. Yeah. It's just too high up. It's so odd. It's really odd. And then there's a bit where he's, like, caressing her with a rose and stuff. Like, a really long stem rose. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> it's like, is this what Tommy generally thinks is romantic? Because I, I can understand, like, roses, candles, soft music can be romantic for some people, yeah? But it's done in such a cheesy fashion. Yeah, like, sort of like what you'd see in, like, uh, a cheesy sort of commercial or something. Like, a, a, like chocolates or something. Yeah, like a chocolate advert, yeah. which apparently in later scene we're like, chocolate is a symbol of love. Yeah. Right? So, uh, I love the bit at the end of the sex scene, of that mm. one, where Tommy looks like he's stiff as a board. Like, he can't, like, hold her. And then she's trying to, like, move and get adjusted, but she can't because he's like, ah. 
<laughs> like so stiff, and it, he just sleeps like an alien, doesn't he? Just like oh. I'd imagine an alien sleeping. It's weird. He's like heads all the way back, and he's kind of in a odd position. Like his body's just like it's like like rigged and rigor mortis. Yeah. It's like stuck, and you can see how the actress who plays Lisa does not look comfortable, and she's just trying to find a way. And even then, look if you if you're having sex with someone, if the person literally falls asleep right after sex like that. Something's up with him. Like, something's wrong. Like, something needs to be sorted. This is where we're introduced to um, Mark. Yeah. Now, Mark, who is not introduced any time before all this. No. Which you kind of think, like, if Mark's supposed to be, you know, Johnny's best friend, you think that instead of Denny being the first one being introduced, you think Mark would be introduced first. Mm. Like, Mark's sort of there, and they do this sort of interaction, and, you know, and Lisa might be giving... Mark like the stink eye or something like the sexy eye, but top, you know, but Johnny doesn't see it and he goes along with it or like, you know, anything that will make the plot make more sense. Yeah, and it's weird because she ring is she ring him ring him up. Yes. Yeah. She rings him up and it, without knowing what's going on at that point in terms of like who he who he is, it you get the impression that he, uh, he's her friend or even her brother or something. Like. Yeah, there's no context. No, and it's it's so it's so odd when you find out, you know, it's not. But she's talking about how she doesn't seem to love Johnny anymore. Mm. After a night of passionate lovemaking. Passionate lovemaking. <laughs> and so she basically moans to Mark about how... Johnny just doesn't seem to be the guy for her anymore and she wants something more exciting. Yeah. So goes and talks to Mark. But Mark is very much weirdly like both on board and not on board. Yeah. Yeah, he's just sort of like, no, I can't do this. No, I will do this. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, it doesn't take a lot to bend you, doesn't it, Mark? I say, I can't do this. Johnny's my best friend. Stop doing this, whatever. And then it happens. Oh, 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 this is a scene. Well, we're first introduced to the spoons. Yeah. Okay, so when the phone's happening, right, we've got the spoon thing. And spoons are... It's, okay, spoon is a very weird ongoing joke with this. In the shot, when Lisa's making the phone call, mm. there are framed pictures of spoons. <laughs> now, no one fucking knows why, but... Why it's in there naturally. Like, in character, Mm. why the hell would you have several picture frames of spoons? And the thing is, like, your things, your props on set are not supposed to be distracting at all, are they? Yeah. You you know, your character's talking, look at at the character, focus on that. But Mm. you've got this bloody, really intriguing framed picture of a spoon. You're like, you're just focusing (laughs) on that, like... What is that spoon? Why is there a spoon there? And you're more interested in that. Yeah, are you thinking that, like, is there any significance with the spoon? Is there, a, is there some kind of symbolism with the spoon? And I bet you Tommy Wiseau would look at that and say there is meaning behind the spoon. Mm. But according to um, according to IMDb and what seems to be some of this from disaster artists is that much of the furniture and the decor in the living room set was got was a, was like a, was a complete display room taken from the window of thrift shop. Yeah. All right. So the glass top TV table supported the, by by white pillars belonged to Tommy Wiseau, but then when the, when the cinematographer complained that the set was too sparsely furnished, right? Wiseau sent the art department out to buy new items. They returned with framed with with framed pictures of of silver and plastic spoons, which Wiseau, impatient to continue filming, ordered to be hung up. 
Plastic spoons have now become a staple in midnight screenings, often being thrown into the screen for occurrence when every time a spoon appeared in shot. There are 34 shots of spoons. <laughs> you know when you, like, sort of uh, sweeps all their framed uh, pictures yeah. off the top of the mantelpiece? Are they all just framing some spoons? I'm seeing, like, four frames of spoons! And they're like, <laughs> oh, no, not the spoons! Not the spoons! <laughs> Many things. You're right. Can I see you tomorrow? Okay. This, like, comes from nowhere. You know, her deciding, oh, I'm going to leave him. Yeah. It's like... It comes out of nowhere after... Actually, maybe it was that one night of really bad sex. And says, you know what? I could do better. To be honest, anyone could do better than Tommy Wiseau. But it comes out of nowhere. And then now we're introduced to, you know, Mark, the best friend. Candles, music. Wait. The sexy dress. I mean, what's going on here? Do you hear music or candles or a sexy dress? Well, I suppose she's got the dress, I suppose. Is that a sexy dress? Not really. <laughs> but everything else seems a bit. Unless, unless he can hear that weird, yeah. like, score music. <laughs> it's like, is that supposed to be sexy music? I don't know. But maybe that music's supposed to be like in in the scene. Oh my god, I'd be. I would imagine you walk into the room and that's what you hear. You're like, fuck it, this is dull. Johnny's my best friend. Yes, Johnny's your best friend. Now you say it. Now you. Come on, they're, they're stroking each other, she's sit on your lap. Forget about Johnny. Why? Why? Your best friend. Me. I don't think so. I, I'm really good. Good. Be a smart boy. No, he's not going to happen. I need you. I love you. I don't want to get married anymore. I don't love Johnny. Where did all this come from? Why does she love him? Because she's, cause, cause he, cause, cause she's just a bitch, clearly. Huh? I don't think so. Good. Be a good boy. Everything's gonna be fine, I promise. Well, oh God, it's frustrating, isn't it? Like, yeah. why? Why? <laughs> stop it. Be a good boy and stop it, yeah? Like, you can still stop it. You're not going to stop, are you? <laughs> Sexy number two. <laughs> Sounds like uh, the the groans and stuff are like part part of the of the music. <sighs> it's like you know, like R and B when it's yeah. like. Oh, oh. Ah, <laughs> oh, it, it, actually, the whole thing is this: the, all the all the groans and the uhs sound like. Do you know when you have like read? Okay, well, do you know when you watch porn and it's clearly dubbed porn, <laughs> and it's that kind of groaning, and it looks like like clearly they were this was not happening in the scene, and just they have to just go, oh yeah, ah, uh, ooh, <laughs> this is what this is. Here's the thing: so 
Mark arrives. Mark comes into the room. I love this bit. Because Mark comes into the room and Lisa is instantly all over him. Yeah. Like, doesn't even hold, doesn't, not even a breath has passed. And already she is all over hunky Mark, right? Mr. Mr. Hunky Mark there. And uh, it's hilarious because there is no subtlety to this. Like, all her lines is like, it's getting high in here, and takes off, like, a little bit here, and pours her a gla- pours him a glass of wine in a, in, in a champagne flute. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, like, okay. It's like, number one, you've you, you invited... You, Lisa, have invited Mark, uh, Mark, Johnny's best friend, over to basically bonk him mm. for no reason other than you're bored... And Mark is, and it's so confusing because Mark's in there. I love the line in this because Mark's in there, sits down, and he's feeling like overwhelmed by this, but like you can't tell in his face because it was terrible acting. And it's like, um, it, it goes and it gets the guy and it's like, it's like, so what is this? You know, so, so you know, the, the candles, the music, the sexy dress. What is it all about, Lisa? And, and none of those things are in the scene. <laughs> That's, that's just another thing of like the script not being adapted. Like obviously in the script, oh, I'll write all these things and then I'll I'll get all that sorted once the film's done. They've got a sexy dress. You know what would have been even more like weird if it was like the red sexy dress. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Or you know, logically, like wear the red sexy dress, or put a fuck, just get one candelabra somewhere, or just play or play some really shitty like '90s soul music that happened there. You know, instead of on the random sex scenes, this makes sense. Yeah. But this doesn't make sense. And then Lisa's just going saying, I don't want Johnny, I want you. I think I love you, Mark. We've just met him! <laughs> no, there's no context at all. It's... And then they just they, they go a bit. Johnny's like, I can't do it. Like, holding back for a little bit. Like, Johnny's holding back. You know, Mark, Johnny, no, Mark's holding back. And <laughs> to say, like, Johnny's my best friend. Yeah, for like 10 seconds. <laughs> and then stop. And then, and then he like, gets seductive and he goes like, no, Johnny's my best friend. I can't do this. Gets in again. And then by the end of it, they just end up bonking on the spiral staircase. Yeah. It's awful. And the thing is, she is not someone that you'd be seduced by in terms of, like, you know, betraying your best friend. She's not the most sort of, like, uh, seductive character at all. She's just, like, an evil person, and she, you can tell that straight away. Yes. And the thing is, like, no offence to the woman, but she is sort of, like... Um, vanilla. Vanilla. I think everything about her is vanilla in terms of appearance and size and shape and everything else. She's vanilla. Mm. There's no, it's not like, for example, it's, it's not like a, like a Pamela Anderson mm. where you say, oh, okay, she is, bleh, you know, like even if it's like ridiculously sexualized, that would make more sense. Do you think the, the original leading woman was more like that? I think so. Yeah. I think she probably was like super because you know Johnny wants to polish him his ego and say like, yeah. oh look, I could get this super hot woman as mm. my future wife. I feel really bad for for her, the actor. Yeah, because, because she has to get like a boobs out in this film. <laughs> she has to get out of all the, out of all the movies. She has to take a boobs out for this one. Yeah, take a tits out for the lads. Uh, you're only doing it for the bad movie crowd people. Because like some actors, they'd only do that for like a really good film wouldn't they like yeah if, if the role suits it and, and if it if it you know it'll be good it'll be good for me yeah she has to do it in a shit one of the shittiest films ever made this is a funny thing right after the sex <laughs> i love this mark goes and says why have you done this to me <laughs> no 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 
no, no. So it's all her fault, is it? All her fault. You went along with it. Mm. And this is what frustrates me about these two. Every time they meet up, the exact same thing happens. Mm. You know, Mark goes and says, I can't keep doing this. Johnny's my best friend. Lisa says, fuck Johnny. Fuck Johnny. Be with me. Let's have sex. Right? And then they go and have sex. And then Mark says, why are you doing this to me? Johnny's my best friend. Why am I I doing this? And you're like, I blame you, Lisa, you manipulative cow. But then he's like, no, 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 no. Part of the blame is on you, Mark. Definitely. This is fucking terrible. And this happens like four or five times throughout the movie. Mm. And it happens like with a snap of her fingers. Yeah. Right? And when, when they have sex as well, it's like... It's not sort of like uh, sinister or like sleazy or kind of like frantic. It's like it's all sort of passionate and kind of nice, nice music, romantic music. Like mm. you know, not nice music, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's just <laughs> there's no difference in in terms of tone in their sex and and Johnny and Johnny's sex. Lisa's sex. This yeah. is the thing: Johnny's and Lisa's sex. If they're supposed to be a couple, like they're supposed to be more passionate, more loving, more mm. maybe slow, you know, maybe maybe a bit more raunchy, but like in the like the passionate way, like seductive way, right? Yeah, right. Um, like it's supposed to be like romantic. The sex that Mark and Lisa should be having should be rough and aggressive and nasty. Yeah. It should be kinky, gross shit. Yeah. Like, they, like, there should be whips involved or something. Let's put some leather into it. Let, you know, let, let, let's get some custard and just, just make a pudding, you know? Like, something gross, something, like, kinky needs yeah. to be with that. But it wasn't. They, and, and the sex is so slow and loving, and it goes for, like... The entire track of the song. Yeah, it's, just, it's all filmed like in slow motion, or it's just slowed down in post or whatever. Yeah, and it just takes ages to get through the scene, and it seems like the only difference between the type, the the, the two sort of uh, mm. couples having sex, is the addition of like roses. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's yeah. it. Like, one has roses, one doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> This is what frustrates me. We can't go plot by plot exactly plot by plot no. because it repeats itself several times. Like, all the sex scenes are exactly the same, pretty much. Like, all the bits with Mark and Lisa when they interact are pretty much the exact same thing. And, in fact, the second sex scene with Johnny and Lisa is pretty much like there's the same scene repeated. It is, actually, and this is the thing. It is. According to, according to this, right, okay, um... After filming the first love scene, Hong Wiseau decided to write in a second love scene. Mm. So there was only supposed to be one love scene. But he decides to write a second one in there. But Lisa, played by Juliette Danielle, right, was uncomfortable with the idea and refused. Right. So as a compromise, the second love scene between Johnny and Lisa was created using unused shots from the first love scene, which explains why certain things appear again, like roses and candles. It's weird though because it almost looks like it's edited in the same way as well. It's like it's the same, it's just the same. Yeah, cut and paste. Like it looks exactly the same. It's just, uh, and I think, be honest, I think secretly knowing he do, it's like, oh god, I have to have sex with 
with Tommy again. This is why there's probably like this is why there's like two or three unique sex scenes with Mark, who's clearly hunkier, mm. right? That's why she's like, it's like, can I have more sex scenes with Mark, please? <laughs> yeah, because he looks like a Gillette model or something. Like <laughs> he does at the halfway through, but yeah. then remember he has the beard, and halfway through for no reason, just shaves his beard. He is, he is just a before and after on a Gillette advert. <laughs> yes. Halfway through the movie, for no reason, he walks in, and the rest of the movie now he's clean shaven. Although the the first half of the movie he has a beard, yeah, which is so. And there's no point in that. It's like it's almost like the actor just wanted to clean shave, and yeah. then he had, had to just adapt the film around it. Like. And do you know what was so funny? It's like everyone, everyone's surprised. Like he's never seen a razor before. Like they never, he's never shaved. <laughs> he like, never shaves, and this is like a big moment. You know, we can't trust him with razor blades. And Tommy, <laughs> Tommy just like yeah, yeah, baby face. Yeah, look at you, baby face. Whatever. I think Tommy wants. I think originally Tom might want to keep the beard in because it makes him maybe not look as attractive. Mm. But the, but then when he got the baby face look, he looks like you know he's younger and hunkier and everything else. And Tommy wants to say, no, I'm the hunky one here. I'm the hunky one here. Damn it! Oh, I'm in the tux man. now. It's just nice. Talk. Is this the wedding? You look really handsome. I've got a football again. What? Why are you having a football? And what clearly is your wedding? Hey, Peter, come on in. Oh, hey, yeah. Hi, Peter. Peter. Good tip. Oh, hi, Pete. <gasps> wait, wait. Everyone's saying, oh, they look good. Oh, hi, Mark. Well, oh, he's got no beard. You like it? Yeah. Yeah. Good. You look like a baby thing. <laughs> <laughs> In Texas? No, you gotta be kidding. Come on, Mark, let's do it. I'm up for it. <laughs> Why are we... I'm very confused. Come on, Peter. Is this the wedding? Please. Or the wedding rehearsal? Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now they get to play football properly. Turn it around. It's... But no, no, they're not playing it properly because they're no, fucking like... tuxedos. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get what you mean. They they got some distance. Go long. Uh oh. Just, this, this. What is this universe? Who is Johnny's friends? Are all of Johnny's friends a bit special? And all they need to chill out is tossing the old pigskin around. And it's weird because it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, Tommy obviously thinks that that's just, this is what Americans do. They just, yes. they, they just throw a football around. That's, they love football and that's what they do in the spare time. All the time. That's the only hobby, just play, playing football. All the time. Like, this, there's about five or six scenes of, of American football being thrown around, right? And it's so random because you do not need it. Like, later on in the movie, there is a whole sequence where they're all in tuxedos. And this one confuses me a bit, right? Mm. The four guys are all in tuxedos. Right, and which makes us think, oh, it's the wedding. Yeah. But it's not the wedding because they're still not married. No. So why are they in tuxedos? Is it a wedding rehearsal? But then why would you wear a tux to a wedding rehearsal? It's just so bizarre. I just don't know. <laughs> and then they go out and just play American football outside in their tuxes. And you... <laughs> 
like really posh, posh football. Really, really posh American football. Just throwing the pigskin around in fucking tuxedos. And they're all a little baggy as well. Like, no one's fitting good in a tuxedo here. Which is, oh, God, oh, I don't know what's happening. And it's so brilliant and so baffling. Um, okay, back to the point. So, sorry, we went on a tangent, but this is true. The whole movie is a fucking tangent. <laughs> that should be our review. The room, it's a fucking tangent. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He wants me to give him a share of my house. That house belongs to me. He has no rights. I'm not giving him a penny. Who the fuck is that guy? He is. He's your brother. He is always bugging me about my house. Fifteen years ago, we agreed that house belongs to me. Now the value of the house is going up and he's seeing dollar signs. Everything goes wrong at once. Nobody wants to help me, and I'm dying. I'm not dying, Mom. I got the results of the test back. I definitely have breast cancer. I have never seen a woman who seems so casual about breast cancer. (laughs) And also, the way the the, the daughter's reacting is like, oh, don't worry about it, love. It's okay. It's just breast cancer. There's worse. You could have had the measles. to do well he's a wonderful person and he's whose mum is this again because <laughs> sounds like it's, it's, it's his mum I know right but it's supposed to be her mum now you want to dump him that's not right I've always thought of him as my son-in-law you should marry Johnny he would be good we get the point Johnny's a good guy fuck of course I'm right I know man I wasn't born yesterday. I'm glad you're listening to your mother. Nobody else listens to me. Because you keep going on and on and on. Listen, I've got to go. Wait, wait, wait. So you walked in just to give your daughter a a moaning and then just leave? (laughs) Sounds a bit like my mum, actually. Hey, sorry, (laughs) mum. Sorry, mum. Thanks, (laughs) mum. Thanks, Mom. Uh. So the mother arrives. And it's a, this is the mother. This is Lisa's mother. But Lisa's mother is very much on the side of Johnny. 
the entire time. Mm. But this is the thing. To the point, like, she is defending Johnny, knowing full well that Lisa says, like, I don't love him anymore, I don't want this anymore, and everything else. It's all very kind of petty and selfish. Mm. Um, Like, for example, basically the mother wants to tell Lisa, basically tells Lisa half the time, that she is... That she needs Johnny because she's a bit of a lazy bitch. Mm. And you need to be with Johnny because Johnny can can support you financially. Basically, and says, like, marriage isn't about love. Marriage is about security. This is not like the medieval times. <laughs> it's not like, if you marry my daughter, our kingdoms will come together. <laughs> it's not like that. No, but it seems like that a lot. Like, And, uh, yeah, she seems like... Uh, Johnny's mother. Yes. You think, like, she would be like, no, Johnny is a good person for you, and you're just mm. being a cow, yeah. right? If, if that's supposed to be Lisa's mother properly, right, um, Lisa, uh, the mother would be a little bit more sympathetic, saying, why don't you love him? Mm. So why are you going on with the wedding, then, if you don't love him? stop." The advice would be, stop the wedding, I'll help you out, let's go and find something, right? Let's go. Don't be stuck in a situation you don't like. Who do you like? You like Mark? Right. Let's sort that out and stop this nonsense right now. Yeah. That's what Lisa's mother would be doing. Mm. But no, Lisa's mother saying, stay with Johnny, because Johnny's nice. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> and her acting is amazing, because she sound she, she, she looks so, she looks so tired to be there. Mm. But, but I can understand. She probably was in real life. She just probably like was. fed up. Just tired of everything going through it. Although she actually, I argue she's got some of the best scenes in the movie, because, um, She's in the second time she has a conversation with Lisa, she drops a bombshell. Oh, God. She drops a major bombshell that's never brought up again. Do you want to go and say it? Let's say it. Let's say it together. Yeah, she just, she basically just says that she's got breast cancer, but it's such a blase thing. I love it. I love the line. She says, like, I definitely, I got the results back. I most definitely have breast cancer. But how does it, how does it come into conversation? I can't remember. She... No, no, it's, it's, I think, I think she's saying, like, um, she says randomly, she, she's talking about how her brother is trying to steal her house or something, right? This is something stupid. And then she's like, I'm tired of all these people and I'm dying. And that's yeah. the line that kicks like, it up. Yeah, and they, they, at least just goes like, no, you know, you haven't. He says something like, you haven't got any problems. I have got problems. I've got breast, breast cancer. <laughs> and like she, her and reaction like, to that. Oh, I'm sure you'll be fine. No, it's breast cancer. Yeah, she's just like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It'll be okay. And this is the thing. And then, right, it's never brought up again. This is a major plot point. This for me, someone having breast cancer in a movie is a major plot point. Hmm. Why bring it up if it's never going to be brought up again? No. Is it only, is it done only to make the mother character more interesting? Possibly, but they, they could have chosen anything else. She could have financial trouble. Right? Yeah, maybe. And she that's is... why she's pushing for the finance. The, finance, <laughs> the mar- meeting yeah. of the marriages. You see, that makes more sense. Like, yeah, yeah and she, you think she's going for financial ruin a bit because she's talking about how her brother wants to steal half the house. Mm. But this is never brought up as a financial thing. Because they now make the mother more like a gold digger, forcing her daughter onto this person that she that she doesn't like. And see, that brings intrigue. That's actually like good storytelling yeah but this movie doesn't have any good storytelling so it's just I don't know okay so it goes into this bit I think I can't remember if this is right after this bit or just before this bit right so um randomly out of the fucking blue 
two random people show up. Mm. And that is basically what looks like Lisa's best friend. Yeah. And one of many Johnny's best friends who acts like a bad child. Yeah. The blowjob guy. Blowjob guy. <laughs> Fucking love blowjob guy. Because two things in that sequence alone work. Number like work in the funny way. So number one, they go they these two random fuckos walk into Johnny's house. Yeah. Like with what looks like I'm not sure is the door unlocked? Do they have a key? We don't know these guys. These are random fuckers. We don't know who they are. Like People just walk in and out all the time. They haven't got keys. It's just, it just, op- it just obviously leaves his door open all the time. So randomers can just come in and have sex on their couch, right? So these two end up having sex on the couch. I love this bit because they're getting freaky with a bit of chocolate, like they like they're licking and kissing their neck with chocolate, and then he, they stand, they go there, and she goes, arms up. Yeah. <laughs> I just remembered that. Yeah. She goes, arms up, and he literally, like a kid, goes. And puts her his arms up because in the whole the whole way he's acting in the whole scene is like like really silly and stuff. It's it's like a ten year old, like a six year old, like playing playing with his dolls. It's like arms up, okay, mom. I put my I put my arms up, and she it takes off his takes off his top. (laughs) You know what? It'd be great if he had like a a child's like vest on, like underneath the top. You know, like a like an old school like white vest. Yes. And then she's going for the blowjob. And I have never seen a blowjob face like this in my life. No, he's just, he's just like, you're all puffed up, like puffer fish. <laughs> like, almost like he's going to throw up. Yes! <laughs> it's like, what are you? If, if, I, if I saw that during sex, I would literally just burst into tears with laughter. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you okay? Are you sick? First of all, who the fuck are these fuckers who just walked into this motherfucking house? I don't know. Uh, a couple hours, at least. Who the fuck are these guys? And why walk into Tommy's house? Let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, delicious. What is happening? Arms up. Yes, dear. <laughs> Arms up. Yes, dear. <laughs> That's like like what you do to your kid. Arms <laughs> up. Yay! <laughs> oh, what the fuck? It's like, imagine him. You know when he goes, like, for a whiz? Can you imagine him pulling his trousers down All right to his All the way down. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Job face <laughs> ever. <laughs> All right, we're back. Hello. Hi. What are these characters doing here? <laughs> Good question. Oh my she, she's speaking my mind. This is Michelle's boyfriend, Mike. Okay. <gasps> this is the best scene in the whole movie Flowers. for me, anyway. Watch and observe this magic. Just him walking around is funny. Just he even walks funny. Can I help you? Yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Here you go. That's me. 
How much is it? It'll be eighteen dollars. Keep the change. <laughs> you know the pug. <laughs> the pug. <laughs> he just put a black wig on him. It just looks Hi, like Tommy. <laughs> It says, oh, hi, Tommy. How oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. No one else on this planet looks like Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. You can see him from space. <laughs> God. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Who is it? Okay, flower shop. Yeah, that's a great scene. That is a great sequence. So, Johnny goes... Well, clearly goes to a flower shop. Yeah. Right? And what looks like is a proper flower shop. It's not a set, it's a real flower shop. Yeah. Right? Goes in. He's got the sunglasses on. Sunglasses on. And he goes and says, uh, hi there, can I get a dozen red roses, please? Mm. And, sh- and and then he, he takes off the sunglasses and then the shop owner goes, oh, hi, John, I didn't know it was you. <laughs> and you think it's yourself. He sticks out like a sore thumb. There'd be only one person in San Francisco that looks like him. Yes. Even unless the sunglasses like the whole Clark Kent thing. It's like you put the glasses on, no one can tell it's me. You take them off. Oh my God, Tommy, where have you been? And so I love it. It also seems like it's ADR'd. And it also looks like it's ADR'd out of order. Yeah. It's just all mixed up, isn't it? It feels like it's out of order and it makes no goddamn sense. And according to this, right, they actually shot that scene several times. And the reason why they shot it several times is because he forgot that the dog was there and he wants to make a reference for the audience that the dog was there, okay? The woman in the flower shop was not an actress, but a woman who actually worked there, right? Yeah. According to according to Mark, uh, Tommy Wiseau, upon seeing the dog, asked if it was the real thing. <laughs> Tommy wanted to know if it was a real, living, actual dog. The moment he found out it was a real dog, he wanted to include it in the movie and had to make a quick reference to it. So this movie, this that sequence was shot several times in order to remember that they had to make a reference to the dog. <laughs> Why is he forgetting? He's the one who brought it up. I know! And he wanted to include it. He's the one who should remember. This is the thing that's hilarious. He comes up with an idea, he tells the entire crew, and then he forgets. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This is another, I think it's another ego polish as well, because yes. it's like, oh, they, I want to show that this Johnny loves animals. Like, yes, yeah. it's like, oh, I love animals, I love ugly pugs. It was an ugly pug, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this is fucking great. That's so random. He told me that I would get it within three months. Oh, no, he's, he's lost his banking models. job. Fuck. I don't think I will ever get it. They betrayed me. They didn't keep their promise. They tricked me and I don't care anymore. <laughs> That's a list. Did you tell them how much you saved me? <laughs> of course, what do you think? They already put my ideas into practice. The bank saves money and they are using me and I'm the fool. Oh my God. I still love you. You're the only no, you don't. You slept with his best friend, you prick. I didn't get any calls today. She's such a bitch. You're right. Mm. The computer business is too competitive. Oh, is it? <laughs> I, is that... She's not even giving him signs that she doesn't give a shit anymore. She's just, like, playing along, like, I love you. I love you always. <laughs> What's the matter? You all right? It's just a lousy promotion. I mean a lousy promotion? You need... You're relying on that promotion. You need a drink. I don't drink, you know that. <laughs> okay. 
All right, so that is what? Whiskey? Whiskey, yeah? Yeah, that's bottled. That's vodka. Who drinks this? <laughs> Whiskey and vodka. <laughs> Fuck, you would be pissed in minutes. <laughs> that must taste like shit. That must taste like shit. Don't worry about it. It's good for you. No, it isn't. God, that... must be crazy. I can't drink this. <laughs> like a regular person would say, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> even if you were someone who didn't drink, you wouldn't... Even if you were someone who drunk, you wouldn't want to have whiskey and vodka. <laughs> Imagine if I gave you that drink. It's like, say, what's in it? Whiskey and vodka. You're like, fuck you, I ain't drinking this bullshit. It's like you're trying to kill me. Yeah. Right, it tastes good. <laughs> and so Lisa says, let's have a bit of fun. Let's drink. Yeah. But Lisa knows that, Tom, that Johnny doesn't drink. And Johnny's like, but you know I don't drink. And it's like, come on, you need to loosen up a bit. Like, this is like peer pressure. This is like, this is like the kid like in the corner saying like, hey, 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 do you want to smoke spliff? I got some right here. Do you want some of my stuff? You want it. You know you want it. Don't be such a nerd. Have some shit. And so Lisa comes out yeah. with two glasses of whiskey. Mm. And you're thinking, oh, okay, whiskey. Right. Then she gets vodka. It's, it's all, almost like it's like a kid's view of what, how people drink alcohol. It's yes. Like, oh yeah, you just mix it all together. You put everything in there, like you put whiskey, I know. vodka. But it seems like like the Tommy uh, would know a lot about drinking because mm. he just sounds like a drunk like, all the time. Yeah. So you think he would know that people don't drink like that, you know. And that's the thing. So basically it's just whiskey and vodka with no mixer in it. Mm. There's nothing mixed in it. It's, it doesn't even have ice in it. There's nothing in it. And then he drink it. And Johnny, and then Johnny goes and says like, oh, this does taste nice. I dare. No, 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 I don't dare you. Don't do this, please. Audience, don't do this. Don't drink whiskey and vodka and that's it. Oh, it'd be horrible. Be horrible. And then suddenly, they're all drunk. Uh, which, of course you would do, because you're having basically whiskey and vodka combined. And Lisa has a tie around her head. And they're, and they're being plastered. And then they go to the second sex scene. Yeah, which is the one that's repeated. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the one that's repeated. Mm. And then, just... Then this is where we start we giving up all hope on Lisa. Mm. All hope. And how she's a manipulative cow. Lisa starts telling everyone that when when Johnny was drunk, that she hit her. Mm. That, you know that uh, that he that he hit her right, and that's where we get the famous. It's not you know I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. That whole sequence. How dare you talk to me like that? <gasps> you tell me everything. Oh no. I can't talk right now. Oh. Why, Lisa? Why, Lisa? Please talk to me, please. <gasps> You're part of my life. You are everything. I could not go on without you, Lisa. Come on. Scare you. You're lying. I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> Do you understand why? That is... Do you? That is Marlon Brando moment. <laughs> Amazing. I like the the fake tears they've put on him. Like that's clearly like just someone just put like a bit of dropper on it. You're right there, love. Everything will be all right. No, it won't. You drive me crazy. Good night, Johnny. Don't worry about it. What? I love you. No. Good night, Lisa. Fucking lies. This is all bullshit. 
<laughs> oh, on this note, I'm going to have to pause this because I need another fucking drink. Okay. All right, I'm pausing it because we need another. I need another fucking drink yeah. to survive this. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll start my other one because I've only got a little bit left in here. We're only we're only forty five minutes Quiet. into this movie. <laughs> we're only forty five minutes in. How are we going? Oh, okay. I knew that I told this is both an amazing experience and the worst experience. I told you from the beginning that this is going to be beautiful and tragic. Oh my god! And then the the conversation is that Lisa's clearly a manipulative cow. Mm. Johnny by now should know this because Johnny, because Lisa's telling people that Johnny hit him, the hitter, right? And by this point, I would say, like, why are you saying these things? This is really out of line. Mm. We should end this relationship or we should go on a break or something. Let's talk about it properly. But instead, he tries to... He just books the house. And says... I love this because he sort of reinforces his own thought. Yeah. He says, like, why, why is she always saying these things about me? I love her so much. I have to get her back. I know what I will do. I will I'll track her. Yeah, whatever it is. Like she says this, he says this kind of bullshit. And then gets a tape player... And just records the phone calls. I don't know that's how it works. <laughs> like, just bugging your phones. But does that anyway. So now that's a plop device that... It's like this. he's got that ready. Like, he's, yeah. like he's done it before or something. Yeah! <laughs> OK. This is random friend number two now. We're introduced mm. to Pete. Mm. Now, Pete is actually supposed to have been a major part of the role. Basically, and this is what I think it's supposed to have been, blowjob face... And later on, should have all been Pete. Mm. That makes a bit more sense if yeah. all of it was Pete. But Pete appears literally 15 minutes into the movie. Is he one of the actors that left then, do you think? Yes. Yeah. He totally left. Mm. He totally fucking left because apparently it clashed with the with other acting commitments he had. And yeah. on top of that, they thought the movie would have been started sooner, but his part came later. And mm. so that's why Pete, who is my favourite actor in the movie, mm. simply because, right, everything he says is legit sincere. Yeah. I believe everything Pete's saying. Mm. No one else I believe a fuck. So <laughs> Pete is in the is in the room with um with 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 Johnny. And Johnny clearly brought Pete over to talk about the situation with Lisa. Yeah. Right? Because Johnny is supposed to be a therapist. He's a psychologist. Is it a psychologist or a psychiatrist? He's supposed to be a psychologist. Yeah. Which means he believes in psychology, but isn't a psychiatrist, but believes in psychology? I don't know. You know, so it's not psychotherapy, but then he's a therapist. And then... But then halfway through, when when Pete actually drops some psychology knowledge... Hmm. Johnny says, you're always playing therapist with us. It's like, you fucking brought him over to talk about this shit. Yeah. What are you doing? And then Mark comes in, brags about this other girl. And then there's a really weird moment, which I can only sort of, I can't, we can't reproduce. But it's about where it seems to have a very sort of biographical moment with Johnny, where Tommy Wiseau is just literally talking about probably how he got to Hollywood and... Like, and certain things, like women with big tits, and, like, there's a whole sequence which feels like just normal conversation that's not written down, that feels like genuine conversation between Mark and 
yeah. Johnny. Yeah, isn't isn't that prompted by him saying, where would you guys meet? About him and Lisa. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. And then little bits before where it looks like they're, they're talking about, like, like doing this, like, lotto thing with, like, fantasy football or whatever it is. And it's like, that's really fucking random. What was that had to do with anything? This doesn't... It's, again, a plot point that not brought up again. Why bring about fantasy football in if you're not going to... I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting tired. <laughs> this is tiring me out. I'm depressed. I, I'm depressed right now. It's a sick feeling in my stomach, man. Did something... Awful. Could that be all the betrayal? <laughs> Boo! You bitch! <laughs> How old Pete's going to be in the middle, isn't he? Oh, fucking Pete. Oh, no. Another randomo to get involved in this scenario. Something crazy like that. Why are you smoking that crap? It's no wonder you can think straight. It's going to screw with your head. Is it supposed to be a joint? It looked like a joint. I think you know everything. You don't know shit. Mark's getting, getting heated. You're having an affair with Lisa, aren't you? Am I wrong? What? Oh! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You try to throw... You try to throw him off a fucking roof. Motherfucker. Why do you want to know my secret, man? Not much of a secret. You fucking pretty much told them. I don't know what to do, man. I'm so impressed. Have you tried not sleeping with her? It's not that hard. You know this is going to ruin your... You're a good-looking guy. You can go and find, I don't know... It's McGee somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I think like, that's, a, that's a good like link to our other like podcast. I think he would probably get on with Tits McGee really well. Like they both got the acting range. Find yourself another girl. And then Pete comes back in again later yeah. to talk to Mark separately on the rooftop. And then Mark gets who's who's had like a spliff or something gets so angry. <laughs> Do you want to talk about this? Yeah, well, they, they, they're all, he almost like gets to the point where he's gonna like throw him off the yes. roof, and he's like really, it's like hanging over the edge, and then it, it, they they kind of like fall back and like really get really calm all of a sudden, and he goes, "Oh, sorry, sorry, mate, oh, I was all right. Don't worry about it." <laughs> it's like you nearly killed your friend, Mark. You nearly killed Pete. Yeah, and now you're fine with it. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And then Pete then brings up in the next scene with the whole tuxedo American football thing. Yeah. He falls down and then says, that's it, I'm done. Mm. And then we never see him in the movie again. <laughs> that's a, an iconic final line. Yeah. That's it. We're done again. That's it. Uh, so this is all building up to something. All right, okay, look, this rambling is building up to something. It's building up to, to Johnny's birthday. Mm. Okay. Now, it's both Johnny's birthday and engage and, like, extended engagement party... And another mic drop that will occur later. Mm. Um, so, Lisa is planning out Johnny's birthday. All right. Now, this is where we get very confused about the passage of time. Okay. This is the thing about the passage of time, right? At the very beginning of the movie, 
they claim that Lisa and um, and Johnny have been together for five years and they've been engaged, right? Mm. Right. By this point, which is supposed to be the birthday party, apparently it's now seven. Mm. So are we saying that all this bullshit was over a span of two years? It's so weird that that's in there. It seems like the events of the movie are happening over like just a matter of like weeks or something. Yeah, yeah. and it makes and yeah, it makes the flip-floppy thing more aggravating if it was in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But it makes more sense from the from the motivation point of view. Mm. Yeah? Like but if it was over the span of 2 years, then Johnny's been clueless for 2 years. What a dipshit. Yeah. So Johnny is now turning like I don't know a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> and they're about to plan up. Lisa plans a birthday, right? To get uh, everyone involved, right? Gets all the friends involved. The friends involved. The ones who are there. Like, random. But there's another one. There's a random guy who's like this random gingerhead dude. Yeah. And literally just says, Lisa looks hot tonight. For no reason! <laughs> <laughs> and then Mark. And, and then Matt's there, who's, some, who's another random fucko, who's clearly supposed to be Pete. Yeah. yeah. He's clearly supposed to be Pete, but Pete left by this point. Yeah, yeah fresh air. Woo, let's get on the rooftop. Woo, party! All right, okay, we're all going. We're all going. Okay, got that guy. And then... Uh... <gasps> Wait. What? No, you wouldn't even dare. There is no fucking remorse there. That they just want to fucking do it now. So, uh, what do you want to show me? It's a surprise. It's not much of a surprise. Go. What are you doing? I mean, are you crazy? Everybody's here. Oh, just, just. No, they're not. <laughs> they're all outside. <laughs> Devil. You planned this all along. Oh, doors opened. What's going on here? Why are you doing this? Who's that? Another friend. <laughs> I love him. I don't believe it. You don't understand anything, man. Leave your stupid comments in your pocket. <laughs> In your pocket? What? <laughs> Which pocket? And where do you put these fucking comments in? He's very sensitive. <laughs> All right, Matt. Whoever the fuck you are, Matt. How can you do this? <laughs> if they're going to have a character, right, that's going to, like, sort of catch them again, why not just keep with Pete? Because Pete was established earlier on, so you kind of know who he is. Why bring in another random guy? Or, or even blo- even blowjob guy would be another one. At least someone we know. You know, it's getting really hot here. Why don't we go Fucking back Matt. inside? Fucking I feel like I'm sitting on an atomic bomb waiting for it to go off. Me too. There's no simple solution. All right, Matt. Don't worry. <laughs> you clearly knew you were there from the beginning, were you? We're not worried about you. We're worried about Johnny. Of course you are. Everyone's worried about Johnny. Johnny's the most amazing person on the planet. It's hurting our friendship. 
I'm not. No, I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm I pictured no other way. How you were saying? I feel like I'm sitting on a. <laughs> I'm sitting on a nuclear bomb. Waiting, waiting I'm just to imagining go up. him like in this whole situation. It's like an analogy of him just taking a massive shit. It's gonna, it's gonna explode. I think that's a good analogy for this movie. It's someone waiting to take a giant dump, <laughs> and you know when it's over, it's so satisfying. <laughs> I'm going to have a hard time forgiving you if you don't. Oh, God. What are you doing, Lisa? Yeah. Leave her alone, man. She just want to talk to you. My future wife. My future wife. Uh-oh. They're going to fight again. Man, what planet are you on? What planet are you from? <laughs> I think you should leave right now, Mark. Don't spoil it. We were just having fun. Of course you have. Don't touch me, motherfucker. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You two are acting like children. You two act... Well, it's... So Lisa, you... Ruin the party. Uh, you keep your girl satisfied, she will come to me. <gasps> oh, no! Oh, my God. You betrayed me. You're not good. You're just a chicken. Chip, 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 chip. Not the time for the chicken impression. The worst time for the chicken impression. Betrayed me. I fed up with this world. <laughs> That's an emo statement. <laughs> I'm fed up with this world. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Tommy Wiseau is just a big giant. This is like emo fan fiction. Maybe this is what this is. Maybe this is what it is. <sighs> and then Lisa, out of fucking nowhere, right, talks to Johnny, and then they, Johnny reveals. That Lisa's expecting. <laughs> yeah. I remember this bit. Come mm. thinking, whoa. And you think, oh my God, what if that's the case? But then you think, oh, is, it, is it Mark's baby? Is it Johnny's baby? Is it someone else's baby? You're like, oh my God, this, 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 this could be a huge revelation. Mm. A minute later, uh, Pete, Pete number two, and um, and Lisa's best friend confronts them and say, like, is it Johnny's baby? Is it Mark's baby? Who's it? It's like, there is no baby. I did it because I thought it would make things a bit more interesting. <laughs> so stupid. What a fucking manipulative cow! What a fucking cow! It's, like, it's almost like this stuff's just put in there yes. to make her... Is the most evil person, like nasty as possible. Like, yes, it's like almost like they're trying to like up the, up themselves, like even more. Like like yeah, oh, it's like I'm gonna gonna uh, let's let's have sex at his birthday party. That's the worst possible thing that we could do. He's like, no, wait, hold my beer. We can say, what if I say that? What if I just say randomly that I'm pregnant? Yeah, just to make things weirder. And then all this leads up to the point where clearly Mark is now getting jiggy with Lisa at Johnny's birthday party. Johnny notices this and they start having a fight. They do this twice, oddly enough. They have two fights. And the second fight is now literally saying, he's like, get away from me, motherfucker. I love that line. <laughs> and goes the whole uh, cheap, cheap. Yeah. Which is okay. Basically, throughout the movie, throughout the movie, this happens like four times. That I don't know if Johnny knows how, uh, like Tommy Wiseau knows what a chicken sounds like. Because chicken is, 
right? But he goes, cheep, 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 cheep. Which is like a chick, isn't it? That's, that's like a little baby chicken. Like. Is that even worse then? Is that like a worse insult? Mm. I'd say like, you know, oh, you're not, you're not even a full grown chicken. You are like a baby chicken. Yeah. That's even worse. <laughs> Bullshit. And so um, it goes, chip, 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 chip. It all comes out. It's all out there now. Everything's out there and everything else. And then we're saying, and then Johnny's like, I'm fed up with this world and has his emo, like, thing. I fucking love that. Like, Flailing his hair and the arms and everything. Like, you don't understand me, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> no one understands me. It's like, I, I feel like, in a weird way, this is Tommy Wiseau's sort of emo fan fiction tragedy. Yeah. Like, do you know the ones you used to, used to, hear, used to read where you're, like, on MySpace? Yeah. Like, all these tragic teenagers go, like, no one understands me, so I'm just going to write this really, really sort of tragic, like, story about myself, yeah, and I how, how I'm being manipulated by the system, yeah, and how I'm going to fight the system, yeah, and I get the girl and I'm hot, yeah. And it's like, it's totally Tommy Wiseau's ego-stroking, like an emo, emo's, yeah, emo ego-stroking. Mm. That's a thing. Emo ego stroking. <laughs> totally. And so he goes up, destroys the apartment, which apparently, okay, d- during this time, uh, according to this, t- during this time, Tommy Wiseau was actually feeling quite sick, mm. right? He, he, he had sore throat and a, and a stuffed nose. So he had a shit ton of NyQuil, of cough and cold medicine before that sequence. Yeah. So he was actually groggy. Right. So he was the entire sequence from here to the end. He was sick to the mm. point that he had so much like cough medicine and cold medicine that he just fucking just got sick. And so he was like, "That's why he's so groggy and half arsed when he's throwing half the shit away." It's like, uh, yeah. Oh, just let, let me just throw a lamp over. Uh, 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 oh, like a zombie like smashing the place up. Yeah, yeah. Like he's mm. supposed to. Be, I think it's, it's, his idea was, oh, he's supposed to be drunk or whatever. But no, even when you're drunk, I think you're more like. Fuck you! Don't fucking care if you're angry and drunk. Mm. You're just going full force with it. You're not like, oh, whatever, right? And then he goes upstairs, goes to the bedroom, and dry ups is uh, the red dress. Which <laughs> is gross. And he smells it afterwards. <laughs> he smells it afterwards like a perv. And then, but after it's after it's been on his crotch, so yes, it's like rubbing. more ego, isn't it? He's obsessed with himself more than her. I love the smell of my own crotch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, right, and it's just fucking ridiculous. And so <laughs> all this happens, and it's just like it leads to him. It eventually, all leads to Tommy Wiseau killing himself mm. in the most tragic way ever. <gasps> yes. Oh, it's the, the bit where he throws the TV in. Stuff. Yeah, this is the rage out moment. I'm the war. Total, total recall. Open your mind, Quaid. Oh shit! Oh no! All the now. <laughs> that is such an over exaggeration. Like I would not throw away the TV. Oh no! Oh no! Look at all the drawers. TV it's... out the window. So rock and roll. I know, right? 
You know what the thing is, though? It's a combination of being really angry. Fuck and you, also Lennon. Bit... Fuck you. <laughs> oh, no. I can't be on this bed because I made love to that bitch on this bed. Oh, I'm just going to toss the flowers over. You know what? Some of this is, like, a combination of, like, really angry and a bit piffy. It's like, I'm just going to throw this vase over. Ugh. I'm going to... I'm just going to... But I'm going to throw this TV out the window! I'm going to sw- sweep off the table of all these frames with spoons in. I'm just going sm- <laughs> to... Smash all them up. There we go. I no longer have my spoons. Fucking bitch. What are you doing? Uh, oh, dude! You just pl- you just rub that on your junk. <laughs> What's happening? Wait a minute! Why? Why? When did they have a gun? Why? It's like in an ornate box, like something like Resident Evil. You just like <laughs> collected it. It's like you have found a magnum. <laughs> uh oh. It's gonna eat fucking lead. No! Poor Johnny. He's dead. Oh. That beautiful, beautiful, weird, melted man. <laughs> Wake up, Johnny, come on! How do you... Dude, he's dead. Is he dead? Pretty fucking clear he's dead! My God, Mark, is he dead? Dude, he's dead. (laughs) It just blew out the back of his head and of course he's dead. Dude, it's not like a migraine. (laughs) Yes, he's dead! And so Johnny then kills himself by literally by putting the gun in his mouth and blowing up to smithereens, right? Mm. And then, obviously, the two people who have, are responsible for this mess, uh, Lisa and uh, you know Lisa and um, and Mark, run in. I love it because there's a pool of blood behind his head, and Lisa kind of goes and says, like, "Is he dead?" <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> He's so obviously dead by this point. Like, that is not, like, just... That's not jam that's behind his head. It's literally that. I love it, because they're still pressing and holding him and then and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, like, early, like, Resident Evil. It's like, I hope this isn't Johnny's blood. <laughs> is he dead? Oh, my God, Barry Burton. Oh, my God, this is like the Barry Burton sequence from Resident Evil. The whole thing. I hope this is not Johnny's blood. Oh, my God, what was that? Lisa, you, the the master of fucking up people's lives, can surely know what to do with this. <laughs> it's great. But, and so the movie ends with everyone hugging around Johnny's body, feeling sorry for ruining this man's life because Johnny was the best, and ends cuts to credits. Mm. What a goddamn fucking shit show of a movie. Absolutely hilarious, but at the same time... Fucking shit and like really, really frustratingly annoying. Yes, uh, but you got to, you got to, you got to love it in a weird way. You have to, yeah. Like you genuinely have to, because you're sitting there going like, there has to be something with this. And I think it's because if this was done 
Like, I think we're more frustrated because we're film fans and we know what a good erotic thriller should be, mm. right? And we look at that and go, like, none of this is how a good erotic thriller should be. Mm. And, like, flip-flopping and time and everything else. But I think it's also because it's got this weird charm to it. Yeah. Like, things occur with it. Like, for example, we missed, like, something. One of our favourite bits, like, the camera does really stupid shit. Like, there's a bit where the camera just pads over. That clearly wasn't supposed to be in the edit. The cinematographer yeah. was like, like, I'll, I'll film this guy and I'll film this guy. You don't keep the bit in the middle in where he pans across. I know. And so there's loads of like little things like that. The acting, line delivery, choices of character development. Everything there is almost mwah, beautiful. Oh, my God. <laughs> That was the room. So, right, we've just, we've talked about the room. We've talked about it so much now that I'm a combination of just frustrated and tired and also in awe and laughter. This is what I call the ultimate shitstorm. Definitely, yeah. Um, so we've talked about it in the trash taster. Uh, where we kind of realise that basically this movie's 50% terrible and 50% hilarious. And it melds in such a way that it's literally spot on right in the middle. And it's a yeah. perfectly good trashy movie. But you do need to know what you're getting yourself in for. Mm. If you don't know what you're getting yourself in for, you'll switch it off in minutes. Because Johnny, to- Tommy Wiseau is a fucking... What is he? I don't know what he is still. But he is literally now the most amazing fucking frustrating person on the planet is there anything you want to add before we wrap up today's session (laughs) i don't think so i think we've covered everything now literally everything Mm. so um so yeah uh well so yeah that was our one year anniversary and what a way to go what a way to go let's just hope that next year's round uh isn't as a how are we gonna top this don't know we'll have to think of something i'm sure we'll think of another Indeed. Almighty movie. Almighty movie, and it will be glorious. So, to wrap up today's session, so to to wrap it up, uh, keep an eye on your trash. There may be some treasure in there. Speak to you later. See you guys. Woo! Trash Tapes is a podcast created by Enigmatic Productions. It is hosted and created by Johan Schapal and co-starring Edward Harvey. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Acast and Buzzsprout. You can also find more information about us on our social media sites. We have Instagram, which, uh, which is under Enigmatic Productions. Uh, we have a Facebook page called Under Studio Enigmatic. And we have a Twitter under Enigmatic underscore UK. For more information on the on the other kind of products and projects that we're up to, check out our website at www.enigmaticproductions.co.uk. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it around with movie lovers you know, maybe add a star rating or write a good review. All of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics. Want to find out more about us? Then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. 
See you next time, cinephiles.